Hello, Tights and Fights listeners. If you want to see us succeed and spread our wings and fly, go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star, 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 five-star review. Put us over a little bit. We need it. We enjoy you. Thank you. Help us, please. Cool. That was a weak call to action. <laughs> but I appreciate it. It also, <laughs> a very honest. <laughs> <laughs> Mildly desperate. Mm-hmm. I think I'll include that last part, too. <laughs> sure. Why not? Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel. And this guy, Mike Eagle, is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and A conversation. Nation. A conversation. Welcome to Tights and Fight. That's the, the whole, the whole song. There are no lyrics yeah. or anything, right? It felt appropriate. This is Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hal Lublin, the man who's ready for the closest of encounters. Wink. I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the sexiest fashion ranger, Daniel Radford. Hello. And the true wrestle rapper, Mike Eagle. Oh, yeah. True. Fakers. <laughs> <laughs> How the closest encounter, that mean you're going to have sex with an alien. Is that what that means? Mm. How do you know I haven't already? Wink. Oh, okay. I just oh. wanted to make sure I knew what the wink meant. You know. Now you know. Sexy wink. You, you know. You Super. know. Well, <laughs> you know. You know, you, you, you close your eye, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on this week's show, a junior angle angle. Long what? live the Cruiser King, and a lot more. But first, let's talk about the biggest bummer from the last week. R.I.P. Talking Smack. I know oh. it's going to be a post-pay-per-view oh. show, but oh it's God. gone. Oh. I guess, did Renee Young and Daniel Bryan find out via Twitter? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they found out at the same time the rest of us did. That's some cold shit, because I think we would all agree that the best part about SmackDown has been Talking Smack ever since the brand split. Let's just quickly eulogize Talking Smack. God uh, maybe some it. great moments that we remember. I mean, you got to go with the Miz's coming out party. Yes. Uh, when sure. He really freaked out and allowed his real emotions about situations. He was talking about with Daniel Bryan to rise to the surface, and he delivered some of the most blistering promos of his life and really gave his career a beautiful second third fourth act with just his appearances on talking smack and, and what a wonderful way to make use of having a platform to go off script yeah yeah the usos also heel usos i don't know that they do get over without talking smack I didn't get as invested in Baron Corbin until the first time I heard him on Talking Smack. Yeah. And he basically confronted Daniel Bryan. Is like, how long have you been doing this? How long did it take you to get to WWE? I did it in two years. Hmm. I'm better than you. Like he, That character that he's cultivated where he acts like he doesn't care about wrestling at all. That was really solidified on Talking Smack. It, was, it's, it baffles me. Why the fuck? Uh, now I'm getting mad. Why the fuck did they cancel it? Why? I guess the, the rumor, the rumors say that Vince 
you know, it did, which doesn't surprise me. It was the first time he'd ever seen a talking smack or heard of it or whatever, and was like, wait, we do a show that's like not scripted top to bottom where talent can just say whatever? No, this shall not stand. Oh, God. Vince, yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah, that's the thing. Vince didn't like it, which is just crazy madness. I, I agree. It's a yeah. bummer. I was like legit really sad about it. I'm really, I'm, I kind of forgot we were going to talk about this and I was hoping y'all had <laughs> talked about it last week so I wouldn't have to it is honestly it's very upsetting to me because it's one of those I won't say reminders but we constantly get flows of little bits of information it makes it sound like the guy who makes this show doesn't want us to have things that we like you know <laughs> yes. I feel like we're constantly getting that and like it just upsets me so much because like if it wasn't working in the way that he wanted it to work, then, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of ways he could have changed it. Right. You know, I mean, if you yep. got guys getting over, what, like you're saying, like, what is what is the negative about guys getting over? But I guess they kind of want to keep people at certain places. They want to have this ultimate control about how uh, we perceive these characters. But, gosh, how limiting is that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, R.I.P., we hardly knew you talking smack, and we'll Pull still see you liquor. after. We're going to see you on Sunday talking smack after Battleground. I don't even know if I want a, a sometime stepdad talking really? smack. I don't know if I want that, man. Nah, I, weekend dad, I don't like it. Yeah, it's he a little... comes around and he's like, "We're going to Disneyland," and it's like, "But you missed all my soccer games." <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, I still go to Disneyland. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about the biggest news item from Raw: Kurt Angle. Revealed the big secret that he's been keeping for the past few weeks. Let's hear a clip. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I'd like to introduce to you the newest member of Raw. My son, <laughs> Jason Jordan. Oh, intensity, integrity, intelligence, interracial love. Hello. <laughs> Wait, I also want to throw in my favorite tweet about this, which I think was was put up by What Culture, where it was a picture of Kurt Angle and it said, with a broken freaking condom. Oh, <laughs> yikes. So great. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I got to say, of all the things that it could have been, and there was talk that it was going to be Stephanie McMahon, that it was going to be Dixie Carter, I think this is the best case scenario because it ended the controversy very quickly. And it gives Jason Jordan the chance to be a star on his own, which he deserves, because American Alpha died on the vine. This felt like the best possible outcome for this angle. Do you guys agree? Oh, yeah. Like, I like my wrestling silly. That's why I like half of the shit that I watch, is because I like my wrestling silly. And this is so delightfully fucking dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it so much. I don't know. I kind of had it halfway spoiled for me, right? I'm looking at Twitter... And I see it's Monday and Jason Jordan is trending. And I'm like, oh, no. No reason for that to be trending ever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and what so did you I'm want like, it to okay. be? Well, in terms of answering your question, I do think it's an interesting way forward compared to it being something about Stephanie or Dixie. Because neither one of those are like wrestlers that they can build an angle around. So, okay, right. with Jason, it is. But like. The more I think about this, like, <laughs> the weirder it makes me feel. It really makes me feel so weird. weird. So like, weird. they just did a WWE 24 on Kurt Angle that covered, <laughs> yeah. like, 
<laughs> his family members, yep. his addictions. T- they talked about TNA. They had Dixie <laughs> Carter. And, and, and obviously they've been setting up this angle for like six weeks or so. And so they do all of this real life coverage and give you all of this peek into what his story has been as a real human being. <laughs> and then they give him a fake black son. Oh, it's so wonderful. You know, if, so, I if want them to cut any... in some footage now, like of him telling Jason Jordan. I want him to just <laughs> cut that in and then just have that live forever on the network as part oh, of that 24. Yeah. I, you know, if there's any doubt that he's Kurt Angle's son, they have identical necks. They are <laughs> neck twins, big, beefy neck twins. Oh, speaking of Kurt's big, beefy neck, you know, yes. I, and what continues to be my favorite thing about him is that he cannot say W. He just can't. <laughs> yes. So he says WWE every time, and it is the funniest shit ever, especially when he's trying to make a serious point about his fake black son. <laughs> Oh, God, it's so, it's, every time you say it, it gets better. Oh, no. It gets better every time you did, say it. Did y'all watch the interview on the network after all? Oh, yes. I sure did. That shit is weird. It's so <laughs> weird. That shit is weird. Is Jason Jordan really adopted? I know. His dad has been in the audience yeah, his when, dad was as, in the, when they won the tag title. How? His and he, and, super black dad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, this, how are they going to go back from this? The man's got real parents. That they really showed <laughs> and, on TV. And he's really on that interview talking about, like, the feeling of not wanting to disappoint his false, like his adopted parent, like yeah. this is fucking twisted. I think. How do you tell your dad? How do you go back and you're like, remember that one great moment you had of watching me win? We we, we don't do those now. Yeah, and that'll probably this white be... man's my father. Now. Right. <laughs> hey, listen. If, <laughs> if his dad is next week, we're gonna find out that Kurt Angle's dad was Junkyard Dog. So it's all one. Yeah, there circle. we go. There it is. I, I get it, man. I'm down. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> also, uh, I, Chad Gable did a very, very lovely like love letter to Jason Jordan um, that everyone should read. Oh, wow. It was very sweet. It talks about how they became brothers and they were like more than family. And he's so happy that he found his real dad. And uh, and he's going to miss him so much. And, and oh, God, it was it's good. It'll it'll make you teary. It'll make you yeah, teary. I don't know. Cause and then you remember it's all over. A yeah. Fake, I can't forget that at all. Like, I think, like, I don't, and I'm telling you, I think it had so much to do with how they just gave us so much real life, Kurt. You know what I mean? So much real, real. Like, in that interview, he talks about, like, losing his brother and losing his dad and losing his sister. Yeah. And then he's genuinely acting like he feels bad. Better now, and now because he's he gained has a, a black fake son. black son. <laughs> <laughs> this shit we like is fucked up, y'all. It's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, it's fake so black good. son is so great. Fake black son is so great. Oh, Everything is perfect. I want him to wear a t-shirt now that just says, "I love my fake black son." <laughs> Yo, well, I dare you, <laughs> I, and, and I won't go nowhere with you. Because I don't want to have to explain. No, I'm only going to wear it when we're in public together. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about other teams that are still sort of getting back together. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins had a reconciliation of sorts on Raw. Is it weird that I don't care? 
because it involves that fucking Miz storyline still, and I don't want them involved with one another. I don't know. I don't hate it as much as I would hate it if Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel, if they weren't involved, I would hate it a lot more. Absolutely. But I do like to see what's starting to build is the formation of Miz having this kind of like would be for horsemen kind of stable mm. of well-dressed people that beat people up like i don't mind that so much so getting a little bit of that is helping me kind of make it through the parts i don't like about this dean and seth thing but i guess you know i just kind of want to see where it goes yeah i guess right. bo dallas and his weird tie-dye headband can fucking really oh i love it oh it's such a heel <laughs> headband i know it's so great though oh so yeah i don't know i guess for me it's one of those things where it's like after you betrayed the shield like that, like, I don't want it to be this, like, tepid, and then maybe we're brothers again. I want them to fucking have to sit down and hash it out right in front of us. I want Enzo tears. Mm. I want, like, you betrayed me, and you betrayed my friendship, and, and then just, like, a big hug. I think that's Plus, kind I'll of... give the shipper something to, to, something to, to get... Oh, the shippers. Yeah, yeah like okay. shipper something. Shipper fodder. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think shippers? that's what they were going for mm. with that yeah. kind of, like, I'm sorry, I didn't say it before, but I'm sorry. Nope, I wanted more. I wanted it to be like the end of a romantic comedy where it's like... It was us the whole time. Yes. Like, I wanted that, like, you're still my brother, brother. Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted that big moment. I wanted more. (laughs) Especially, again, like, you can't give me Enzo's gangsta tear. And then... (laughs) That was one thug tear. Well, sticking with the tag division, we did see the Revival get a big win in their return match against the Hardys. I thought they looked really crisp and sharp and like they haven't skipped a beat and i love the revival and i want to see them together forever and embark on like a six million day tag title run uh do you guys agree was it a good return match for them did they look good to you i loved it but i just love their like i'm always gonna say yeah i'm always gonna pop like i love the revival please never break them up if anyone should stay together it should be the fucking revival yeah please never leave me i don't care about the revival really but I look forward to the day when I do. (laughs) (laughs) You're open to it. I am certainly, I'm not, yes. I have have not made a final judgment at all. But when I think of what I have liked about them, it's only been like a few matches on takeovers. I don't think I like them really outside of those matches. Like, so for them, when I think about them, it's always, I like them for the potential of them being able to have a good match. But if they're just coming out to talk or beat somebody up or have like a raw match, I don't know, it doesn't do anything for me really. Would I it, get that. Would it change your mind to know that Dash Wilder is actually your son? Yes. <laughs> it would change everything. How are you trying to tell me something? Uh, well, the DNA tests will be back next week, so we'll find out. I'm gonna leave you hanging on that one. Hashtag Julie, can, fake white son. Okay. Fake white can we son. Cut, can we can we cut all this part out? I don't want my wife. I don't want her to find out this way. <laughs> it's going into your tights and fights twenty four. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing before we move on from Raw. As I predicted last week, we all did. It's not like I knew and nobody else did. Braun Strowman interfered with the match between Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns, so we're most likely headed towards a fatal four-way there. Jeez. Did anybody else think they would still be enjoying matches between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman at this point when they've been feuding for five months? No, I didn't. But you, it, you enjoyed it, right? I did. I really liked it. And maybe because there are all these other people that are thrown in the mix. And this is one of those feuds where it's like, because of who they are, they're like allowed to wrestle other people. And sometimes you get those feuds where it's like, oh, it's just going to be these dudes wrestling each other for the next year. Mm-hmm. So maybe right. that's why it didn't get super boring to me. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the match. I think I might even like the Fatal Four Way. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the story of the feud of Roman and Strowman is like the ascension of Braun. And like mm. we're really seeing a guy get over mm. in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. And I think that in yeah. itself is exciting. Um, you know, so as long as they can continue to put him in a position where he can like get monster pops because he does really mean things to Roman Reigns, I'm there for it. <laughs> yeah. And the stuff with Samoa time. Joe looked great too. It Joe did. When they started punching each other, I was yeah. very into it. He's not afraid. Like Joe really like Joe's a different kind of heel. Yep. Yeah. Joe is getting over. For it's real. so lovely. It's yeah. about time. Dude, Raw, man. I mean, I, are we talking about it early? But Raw is like Killing the game right now. What, yeah, they are. what happened? Uh, you know, SmackDown this week was uh, not great. It was okay. It's fine. And it's odd because SmackDown had a go home show before their pay per view. You should be getting more amped up instead of feeling like they're sort of treading water because it feels right. like all the guys who would be in the main event on SmackDown are helping the mid card, uh, and the mid card is way better on SmackDown than it is on Raw. But Raw's main event scene is way better than SmackDown's. Like way better. And that's with only four guys that are currently in the mix. I'm feeling like Raw has like this better, I want to say it's a better combination of like guys that that equal star power, Mm, but it's actually not just that, it's that plus lately how they've been booked. Yeah. Like the Raw, like for those four guys, and even like, I don't know, if you look at Enzo and Cass, I feel like the booking has gotten a lot stronger on Raw than it has been of late, and it's, it's really showing, and I feel like SmackDown's booking has gotten worse. And any show you're looking at where it's like still Jinder and Randy on top, man, I think I think you're not in that good of a place. You know, there's nothing exciting happening with Jinder and Randy. Nothing. No. Prison is the stupidest fucking, and not, and not in that way that I like dumb things. Right. right. Yo! It's just that, a cage made of cages. I don't get cage it. cage made of cages. <laughs> Did you see when the Singh brothers tried to explain Mm. the damn cage? No, thank you. (laughs) I rewound it like three times. No, I I am more confused now. Like, what are you talking about? So you're in the cage, and then there's a door to the cage, and someone's got to crank the lever to open the door, and you go out the door, but the door is only open for, like, as long as people care about the match. (laughs) And then... All of our ennui shuts all the doors, (laughs) (laughs) and they're locked forever. I don't understand. I don't. Why are they fighting in that chair every black family had in the 80s? Why are they fighting in the Black Panther chair? Why are they fighting in my mom's wicker chair? Oh, God. I don't understand. Oh, yeah, God. what they should lock is the box that those disassembled pieces are in <laughs> all year long. And they got to get them back it. to that Trader Vicks that's still open in Atlanta <laughs> since the matchup. <laughs> oh, man, they ought to just use that thing for tiki parties. Mm-hmm. And oh, that my is God. it. My God. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this pay-per-view has more Aloha spirit than any other pay-per-view <laughs> so far in 2017. You can take that to the bank. Danielle? Hi. I'm going to turn everything over to you. Apparently, okay. you know, sometimes is there you can get too much of a good thing, and I feel like my Lucha Underground recaps are really good, but they're best <laughs> used once in a while because it's when something is universally loved as much as that recap was. <laughs> it just you got to leave them waiting for more. So, what actually happened this past week? Can you let us know? 
Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, some real stuff and some fake stuff. So let me talk about the show first, because my favorite thing that happened this week is the most Lucha Underground thing that's ever happened in the whole world. <laughs> um, so there is a guy named Aerostar. Uh-oh. Who oh, is... Is he a minivan? He's a... No. <laughs> he is a spaceman from the future. Oh, he is like like he has like like he flies like he and he's a masked wrestler, and because he's like in the future, they have like this whole conversation <laughs> about like because they're in the middle of the like a tournament, and so he's which that's too long for me to explain. I, I don't wait, know hold on, minutes. wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Let me back you up. He's from uh-huh. the future. Yeah, he's a spaceman from the future. Okay, but he's not like here's what happened next week. He's no, just from... no, but people do in this, in this, they talk about him being from the future. I see. And dude was like, well, now that like I'm out of the tournament, I'm going to put my money on you. And dude was like, should you be able to bet on stuff when you're from the real ass future? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think so far, Hal's booking last week was much less ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love this show. That's why I love this show. And so then... um. <laughs> So then some real-life drama that's going on with AAA that's going to affect Lucha. AAA, ah. Kind of long story short, Sexy Star, who won the Lucha Underground Championship. So she retired. She did. Like a year ago or something like that. Oh, she, she retired to get out of her contract. Though, she was going to, like, box. And also the rumors that she didn't want to put over John Morrison and Taya. And so mm. Taya won their women's belt for AAA. And um, it's like the Reina's de Reina's, like Queen of Queens belt. And she's been a great champ for them. She won it in a no DQ match where she did an illegal hold, but that doesn't matter because it's no DQ. And she's held the title for like three months or this something. This is AAA or like Lucha? That. This is AAA. Okay. Mm-hmm. What happened was that her man was going down to Mexico to do some dates that she was not booked for. Who's her man? John Morrison. Taya's man is John Morrison. Yeah. That's in real her, life? In real life. Okay. Not kayfabe. So, Vampiro, Ian. Calls him and is like, can you bring her belt down because we need to take some pictures with it. Oh, no. Oh, yes, my friends. Oh, yes, my friends. So he brings her belt down. Vampiro announces that because she had won her no DQ match using an illegal hold, he was stripping her of the belt. And since she wasn't there to defend it, out comes Sexy Star. Whoa. Who who fights and wins the belt. This is... Taya... Wow. Is livid. And she's been going off about it on Twitter and everywhere. It is a fucking mess. And so they have now left AAA, which was a, a home for them that they loved. This is all real? This is real. Yeah, Holy is this shit. real? This it is a feels great like wrestling uh, angle. <laughs> they're calling it the Mexican screw job, right? Yeah. And it feels like, I feel like when it leaks over onto Twitter that it might be an angle. But you would know better than I would. I, this is just me like. If it is a work. It's fucking beautiful, and you worked me hard, and my hats, hats off to you. I just don't know that I feel like Vampito is capable of that. So we will see. They're all, all of those people, I believe, I don't remember if Sexy Star still is, but like Vampito and John Morrison and Taya are all also tied to Lucha, and now they are two different they're two different things, but they have like AAA and Lucha has like a weird relationship. Yeah, they do. So no one knows how that's gonna work. Here's a question though: Shouldn't John Morrison be like beaten to a pulp right now, trying to get that belt back? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Shouldn't he yeah. have been down there throwing hands with everybody, trying to make sure that that didn't like trying to stop that from happening? I mean, I think when it happens in the moment, you just get so shocked. 
<sighs> you know okay. what I mean? And maybe uh, he was. I haven't heard any reports of him trying to beat nobody ass, but maybe he did. Okay. And we just haven't heard reports of it. I guess, I guess it is Mexico. You don't want to yeah. really try to fight everybody yeah. in Mexico. You don't want to really try to fight yeah. everybody. That could be. That could, that could yeah, in, a for, in a country you do not live in. Yeah. It's a yeah. real bad scene. Yeah, where the, where the police will beat you up, you know, right. like just for not being from there and having money. Eek. I don't want us to get beat up either, so let's move on to some quick hits from the week. Uh, very quickly, what did you think of Mike Kanellis winning his first match against Sami Zayn? I was caught up the entire match by the fact that, and this isn't going to make sense to anybody else, but he looks exactly like one of my rapper homies. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, I spent the whole match like, who does he look like? Who does he look like? Oh, it's my guy Sims from Minneapolis. He looks exactly like him and has the same build. So I have to watch the match again because I don't remember anything that happened in it at all. Except it. Except that he went over off of like a... It was a Samoan yeah. oh, oh, right. driver. Yeah. They're not going to let him keep doing that. Because I think it sets up a little bit too much like the AA. Hmm. I don't think they're going to let him well, keep that. The AA is not going to be around much longer, though. Yeah, It's only around <laughs> once in a while. So he could probably he could probably get away with it because it's a sit-out, right? Yeah. yeah. I just, I've seen them change weirder stuff. True. From, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. All right. Next up, do you consider Titus O'Neil to be a babyface or a heel? I he, he nebulous space in between, and I'm okay with it yeah. for right now. He's just Titus O'Neil. I'm getting okay with it because he's funny. Yes, yes. He's gonna feel the power of Toll's Hour. That shit makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> don't know why. It's funny. gonna be bad news for Cruise or good news, whatever is positive <laughs> for Cruise. How bummed are you guys on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the most, one being the least. That Naomi is not defending her title this Sunday. Hmm, probably like a six. Six or seven. Although, you know, fucking, they just gave her that belt. Uh, she ain't losing it no time soon. They made you a glow belt. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> she has her own belt. She's going to have that belt for a while. It's going Although, nowhere. man, what a heel move it's going to be if someone takes it off of her and then keeps using it. Oh. Isn't that going to be great? Turn off the lights! Yep. <laughs> it's going to stand in the ring holding up the cloak belt. What a heel. Whoever that is, what a heel. It's because it's going to happen. Can we Oscar. talk about. Oh, very good. Oh, uh, please, please. Can please. we talk about Tamina's Crash Bandicoot music? I can't. <laughs> like, what? What it's are we doing? A little racist. I right? mean, Jesus it's Christ! A little Ray Ray, right? Okay. I mean, yeah. it's what? pretty bad. It's a little too tiki. There's a lot of tiki on SmackDown right now. <laughs> My and God! music and that Punjabi rattan cage that they're putting around uh, <sighs> the ring. Jesus. Me, nah. Like, why? What the yeah. fuck is why does that? that? What? It's bad. Was and I was trying to think. Like, is that like a classic? Like one of like one of her dad's themes that no. they remixed? No, he was. Oh, then there's super no excuse. Fly. It just and lazy yeah. is yeah, hell. It's like a drum Cause I was Because you guys know, like, I don't. I have kind of a gap of of knowledge missing from like those or like old school, old school wrestling days. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, maybe that's like no one of his old themes. Oh no, it's just racist. Yeah, and there's yep. no excuse. Like you yep. can't say it's from the eighties. So it's, no. <laughs> it's from Donkey Kong Country. Is what it's <laughs> I like Tamina. Tamina, like, her character to me is like a big golf girl in high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> so me. I don't, I don't know you as golf. I don't know you. I had phases. Okay. I, went through the, I went through all of the phases. <laughs> but yeah, Tamina's like the, the golf protector of the cheerleader, Lana. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that. It's weird, and I like it. But I'd hate that damn music whenever I hear it. It makes me upset. Really well, hate it. 
Well, Naya uh, has also become a bodyguard of sorts to Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss. Who would you rather her her next opponent be? Bliss, I'm talking about. Sasha or Bailey, or neither. <sighs> I mean, Naya, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Or you have. Asuka come and fuck her up. <laughs> just fuck her all up. <laughs> oh, man. Just fuck her up. <laughs> you know who I'd rather be, though? Mickey mm. James. Maybe give her a program. She never got a program against Yeah, so uh, she's just back Alexa and hanging Bliss. out in her big-ass pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's hanging out in those bell-bottoms. Like those worry the... me. I feel like those are a safety hazard. <laughs> I think you're just. I think you do too much with your feet to have that much extra yeah. fabric around them. She's gonna get caught on something. It's, she gonna true. get caught on something. Yeah. She looks like the person who gives dance lessons on a cruise ship in those pants. <laughs> <laughs> you just give her that fandango music, and it just looks. It feels right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and finally, are either of you looking forward to Finn versus Bray? No. Five was quick. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wish I thought harder about it, not. but I don't. I love Finn. Finn's I love great. Finn too, man. I'm yes. done with Bray, man. Finn's getting over and Bray. They gotta. I don't know. Like they gotta put Bray over like four people in a row for me to care about him again. It really, it really bums me out. It was such a. They had such an opportunity there, and it just got completely fucking blown. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent I wish I was more into it, but I, it's just there's just no capital there. Speaking of Finn, how about that? terrible guitar shot Ooh. i mean oh not good guys i think they if if they're gonna have him swinging that guitar they gotta bring jeff jarrett back to teach him how to do it they mm. got a honky-tonk man well, maybe somebody that be, like maybe that can be part of their settlement with the hardies it's <laughs> <Jeff laughs> also like look we'll pay you to teach you how to fucking give this dude guitar how to swing a guitar does that work uh, you can't hit somebody in the side of the head with a guitar you can't do what it's made of you don't hit people in the side of the head like you just don't you know what that's like wrestle school 101 right. first how to take bumps second don't hit folks in the head not, not, not in the side not in the side <laughs> and the temple and that sweet meat that like that soft spot well i think you guys are forgetting that you can look forward to elias sampson getting a wwe title match in the very near future because you have to injure finn if you want to get a wwe <laughs> title oh, that's match. True. yeah that's, that's true. right it's gonna, he's gonna be a main eventer now i'm very excited about it <laughs> If you've got any thoughts about the week in wrestling, let us know about it. Find us at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights or at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time to put the spotlight on the king of the cruiserweights up next on tights and fights. the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brent Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined in the booth by... Danielle Radford. And... Mike Eagle. Every wrestler needs a gimmick, and every once in a while, we like to spotlight one of them from the subtle to the absurd. This is Gimmick Corner. We don't have a theme song yet, so it's going to be like, Gimmick Corner, it's Gimmick Corner, let's look <laughs> at a wrestler's gimmick. 
When Neville first left NXT to join the main roster, he wasn't much more than a generic high flyer. Let's hear a little bit of that. Now take one look at me. I may not be the biggest guy. And I sure have my fair share of doubters. But there is nothing I love more in this world than proving doubters wrong. And when I'm looking down at my opponent and I'm flying through the air, I am 10 foot tall and invincible. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, generic, blah, blah. Um, yeah, he came out. He had the steam. He had the, the little Mighty Mouse cape. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I like Neville in NXT. I like that he sort of started to show heel tendencies at the end of his championship run when Sami Zayn was chasing the title. But did the superhero gimmick work for you at all? It was so dumb. I, it's still better than the Mighty Mouse thing we were supposed to get. But I think this was another version of it the Mighty Mouse version thing. Because apparently, I think the way that it's always talked about is from a standpoint of Vince wanting to put somebody in like a literal Mighty Mouse gimmick. But I think it's more like he has in his head this Mighty Mouse archetype and mm. he keeps right. putting it on different people. Like So the Hurricane was kind of like that too. Right. You know, So anytime it's a short guy who has any shades of superhero... This is Vince doing the Mighty Mouse thing again. Oh, you gotta, you gotta let it go. It, it doesn't. It worked with the Hurricane because, like, that dude was goofy and could make anything work. But Neville's not goofy enough for that. No, like, if you're but gonna do does, that, it has to be kind of a comedy gimmick, right? He does, but the superhero thing works for him because he's 195 pounds and he was deadlift suplexing people that weight that outweighed him by 50 to 70 pounds. And then they, I think they quickly eliminated that because they need to protect their bigger guys. So it's not okay for stronger, smaller guys to have power moves. All he can do, not you know, and I don't mean to downplay it, but they you know do high flying stuff, do kicks, and he, he's way more than that. Speaking of Hurricane again, they did the same thing with him. Remember, Hurricane used to use a choke slam. Mm-hmm. They stopped him yes. from doing that because they said it was making the big guys look bad. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know. When Neville came into uh, to WWE from NXT, there had already been a string of sort of failed attempts to get people in. Probably Bo Dallas, most notably, yeah, man. coming in as, as a big guy. Were, were you concerned that Neville would get lost in the shuffle very quickly as soon as he was brought up to the main roster, even though it was time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was such a, like, he was so good. He was such a big deal then in NXT. Um, and he had amazing matches. And then as soon as they brought him up in that dumbass little cape, I was like, well. <laughs> now we know what Vince sees. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and, and that's that's the unfortunate thing. I mean, you see how differently guys are booked in NXT because NXT is not booked based on pure optics. We're like, you know, right. and, and, it's, and it's funny because it seems like with Vince, there's like a literal height thing because... Mm. In most ways that you would uh, uh, appraise size, Neville is bigger than Finn, you know. But but uh, yeah. look at the difference in the way they're like, you know, they made Finn universal champion like immediately. Yep. You know, and and Neville, they they put him in a cape. Oh, that dumbass little cape. Yeah, but thankfully that did not last long. Uh, some bad news brought good news. Bad news being that he was injured and gone for a few months. But when Neville came back, he was moved to the cruiserweight division. He had a much darker and more dominant personality based on a Game of Thrones character. So here's a little bit of that. I know you like to give lessons while the king of the cruiserweights likes to give warnings. Woo. Yep. I promise the moment you step through these ropes, you will be smacked in the face with the cold, harsh realization 
that you don't belong in my ring, that you are not even close to the Neville level. And if you don't believe me, you are going to get hurt. Wait a minute. I hear a little bit of that old school Triple H. Mm. I uh, am uh, the game. <laughs> That's what it would sound like if he was British. The Neville level. God, when I hear that promo, I it makes me really sad that nobody, me included, cares about the cruiserweights as much mm-hmm. as they should. Yeah, I, I, I do think I, I am concerned that any reflection of people not paying attention to 205 Live if any of that gets put on Neville, and that's a real disservice because he is like killing it. He's had yeah. a complete career reinvention. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the lesson that they can learn is that if there's smaller guys who they don't have much uh, stock that they'll do well, you know, chasing the main titles. And they should put them over there and, and, and you know, repackage them a little bit. They, like Neville's thing wasn't even a complete repackage. He just changed his attitude. Mm-hmm. which I think they could do with a lot of people, you know? And they did that great thing of him being like, yeah, you know, with your little, uh, when he was talking to, um, what's his name, little ginger dude, and he was like, see, that, Jack that's, Gallagher. and that is, that's my bad. I shouldn't have, <laughs> because that's the kind of shit that makes it so that people don't take the cruise weight seriously when I say things like, little ginger dude. Anyway, so, <laughs> when they were doing their feud, and he was like, oh yeah, you know, with your fancy hats and your British stuff, I did all that too, and no, you know, they're not going to care about you, and blah, blah, blah. That's just such a great heel moment, like those moments where the heel gets to say something that's kind of true. Right. Um... Yeah, he's way better because as a baby face, it was like, meh, like, what are you? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why I mean, you here? and they wouldn't put him in any, anything that really mattered Mm-mm. either. You know, if he, right. the, the best position he would get on a car was that he would tag with somebody big, but he mm-hmm. would, you know, he'd never really be in a program with anyone with any stakes. Now, there's no predicting how long 205 Live will last. And he certainly has done a good job carrying the brand to the extent that he can, although he has no strong baby face to challenge him. Austin Aries was there and gone sort of in a flash. I don't know if they're going to try and build Cedric Alexander back up, but it's hard to build guys up when you don't have other over guys Mm. who are heels to build them. I mean, Tony Nese has been sort of decimated. Drew Gulak has been decimated. Drew Gulak is a real sad story to me, man, because that guy's really talented and he's playing a damn buffoon on TV now. Yeah, absolutely. Like hundreds, they're all super talented. Like there are no untalented cruiserweights in that division. Yeah, that's very true. In my opinion. That's very, I agree. But let's assume, let's play crystal ball for a second and, and assume that for some odd reason, 205 Live goes away. Can this version of the Neville character work on the main roster? Absolutely. Uh, uh, How well, do you book him? Here's a question, though, to go along with that. Okay, are we saying 205 Live goes away or are we saying the entire division goes away? Probably both. I mean, they stopped changing the ropes on Raw. They're they just did? red now. Yeah, they weren't purple oh, this good. past week. Oh, good. I'm so I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Actually, the rope changing was always extra stupid to it's me. It's so extra. It's so unnecessary. Um, but I think if you if you keep the title, then the character works well. And if you just you know if you're just using that on one of the brands, but if you lose the title, I mean, I think it could work well. I just don't think they pull the trigger on actually putting him in at the top, you know, yeah. or, or near the top. I think what you do is you have it where he's like, oh, I'm so good, no one could compete with me, and I took down an entire division, mm. and now I'm here for yo shit. Ooh, I think that's oh, I like how you that. do it. Give her the book. <laughs> yeah. I think he is capable of being a main eventer and carrying the title 
But I feel like the mid card is as high as they would let him go. Yeah. If the cruiserweights were no more. Yeah, probably. The, the mid card is about the, the the height of what he would be able to do. It just because also like when you do have. Um, you know, a fin or like there's only going to be room for one smaller dude in that top spot. They're never going to expand and be able to and, and feel like they could do more than one. That's so sad. Neville's great. Neville's yeah. too. He's fantastic. Talented yeah. in every way, literally. Yeah. Damn it. Now the segment just made me sad. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's well, a sad day in Tights and Fights Land. Let's all take turns yeah, being man. sad. <laughs> Single tear Enzo style. This was gimmick <laughs> corner. That's the letdown music if it's sad at the end. <laughs> well, let us know what you think about Neville at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time for three more things we've loved from wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by Daniel Radford and Mike Eagle. Every week we end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is the three count. <laughs> Danielle, you're up first. What do you want to put over? Okay, so uh, I'm just going to put over, it's not, it's just a picture or whatever, but I'm sure we'll retweet it so you guys can see it, or I'll just be losing my mind over it when they announce the rest of them, um, which <laughs> they should have done by the time the podcast comes out. So, um, at San Diego Comic-Con, they released an exclusive two-pack of Mattel fucking WWE superstar Barbie dolls, <clears throat> and one Hell of yeah. them is Charlotte, um, which just looks like any Barbie in Charlotte's clothes, and then one of them is Sasha, which deadass looks like Sasha. No, it really looks like they shrunk Sasha Ooh. down into yeah. a doll. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, they're in like their gear. They, they got Sasha has the points of articulation so she can do her hand shit, <laughs> um, if you see that. I can't wait to see the rest of the line, which, like I said, should be out by the time the podcast comes out. I can't wait to see what the little miniature belt looks like. And, like, little, it's just one of those things that, like, little baby Danielle in her heart, mm-hmm. it, my heart, my heart is very, very full because I would have owned those and I would have played with them. And Sasha would have been suplexing Barbies all day long. That's how I used to play Barbies. Like, I would do. One of my favorite Barbie games was like take a hamper, turn it upside down, and then have it either be like a Coliseum or have it be Thunderdome ah. and have my Barbies like fight. I would basically be having my Barbies cage fight. That's like great. that's how. So if I could do that with actual WWE, uh, and Sasha's got on her fucking Eddie Guerrero gear from that WrestleMania, and oh. uh, everything's just wonderful. So that's what I'm putting over. I'm putting over um, wrestling Barbie dolls for little girls who like wrestling and Barbie dolls. Oh. Yeah. Right on. Heart's so right big on. today. Heart's so big. That actually reminds me of something that I meant to bring in. A couple weeks ago, I found this list online of like terrible wrestling toys throughout time. <laughs> and there was like this one, 
it was like an AWA cage match ring. We used these like little like levers to make the guys wrestle, but they couldn't even really touch through the cage. It was really stupid. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna show that to you guys. Can you it's please? Yes, I need yeah. to see it. It's hilarious. But what I'm putting over is um. I'm actually putting over Baron Corbin for doing something funny this week on SmackDown <laughs> Live. And I don't like him much. I mean, I really don't. I'm not a fan. Um, you know, I think he's a little flat. I see where he could go, though. And if they find just an extra dimension for him somewhere, then uh, it'll be fine. But he was kicking the hell, I believe, out of Shinsuke Nakamura in the corner in the K- in the uh, tag team match they had as a main event on SmackDown Live this week. And he was, you know, since he was kicking him in the corner and that's illegal, the ref was giving him a countdown. And um, he got very annoyed at the ref's count and he turned around and said this. Put away. I can count. <laughs> and I, I am such a fan of like when wrestlers interact with the referee, especially around those kind of rules. Like one of my favorite things in the indies was when Daniel Bryan was Bryan Danielson. And I remember in Ring of Honor, one of his things was that um, whenever he was attacking um, an opponent in the ropes and the ref would stop counting, start counting, he would stop when he was supposed to and turn around and say to the ref, and everybody would say it with him because he said it all the time. He would be like, I have until the count of five. <laughs> and that was that always popped me because I just, I, I look for those moments. Those those are what make it real to me. That's great. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, I want to put over a table for three. What? Uh, yeah. In particular, a recent episode that reunited Nation of Domination members Mark Henry, the Godfather, and Ron Simmons. Oh, I got to watch as that they one. They sat at the same table that many other people have shared. Uh, they got a blast from the past as an old friend sent them some gifts. And here's what happened. Much love and respect. DJ. Huh. I got the same here. Much love Aww. and respect, DJ. That's great. Yeah, you know, that's what it's reading here, too, man. Much love and respect, DJ. DJ. Huh? Yeah. Come on. DJ? Rock. Wayne oh, Johnson. I think you yes, own this up now. There you go. Oh, man, I never, I never would have put oh, that together. No, because y'all got hit in the head a lot. Damn. Damn. Wayne Johnson. Damn. Sent us something, yeah. huh? That's the least he could do. He didn't put, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't put me in one of them movies <laughs> Theater of the mind is killing me right now. <laughs> Didn't we go through this once? <laughs> he, he got you. Look at that. Again. All right. Ron got an autographed picture see. of The Rock. Oh, that's the one yeah. he smashed over his head. That's great. That's right. In a replay of, what was it, 98? Yeah. Uh, or 97, The Rock gave watches to both Henry and The Godfather. While Ron Simmons got a an up-to-date signed picture that's great. of The Rock. That's great, man. You you know he went out and bought the nicest watches just so he could make that joke. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man, I lo- I know that we've reached peak rock. I know we reached it, but yeah. that's yeah. still it's nice. I like it. It's fantastic. It's so yeah. great. Oh, those guys. Jumanji. Friends. I don't know, I don't know how good that's gonna do now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Baywatch. Kevin Hart out here cheating. Oh yeah. Baywatch Kevin, not doing well. Yeah, Baywatch. It it flopped, man. Yeah. yeah. It flopped bad. Blame Zac Efron. It's probably Zac Efron's fault. Yeah, you're right. No, I just think that when that GQ came out and that article was so good and it was being shared everywhere, I was like, oh, I think this is it. Mm. We've reached the, the like. <laughs> it can only go down from here. <laughs> well. That does it for this week on Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Our hosts today are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. 
Our producer slash seducer is Julian Burrell. Hello. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on iTunes and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to all the Maximum Fun members who have chosen to support our show and keep the lights on for the nation of conversation. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.